Welcome to the DKH2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, and we are here on the show getting you ready for a pit basketball weekend. They play Wake Forest on Saturday, but we're talking about more than just the game. We're going to get you ready for basically the week the week ahead. Now, Pitt's had a huge week. They swept Syracuse on Saturday. They beat Duke on national television on Tuesday. So in three days' time, you've beaten two of the ACC teams that you know that you that you have a longstanding history and rallied up two big wins. They're eight and two, four and one in the conference, and looking very strong right now. But that being said, they cannot afford to lose focus. And I know that everyone that's like, duh, Chris, why why does that matter? But when you I, I, I'm bringing this up because of something that was said just about, I'd say, two hours before I recorded this. Because I was on a Zoom call with Pitt players, and the two players we got to, we got today were Xavier Johnson and Adis Tony. And X, when he's usually on the call, he's I mean, he's usually chill, but he's he's you know he's able he's easy to get a chuckle out of or you know say something cool. But he came into this call and his arms were crossed, and it was obvious something wasn't sitting right with him. And y'all know X, he's wild. He will go into triple teams and 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 take on anybody. Although he's been much better at that this season, as we saw at the end of that Duke game where he was piecing up Mike Shashevsky's defense. Um, but he comes in. He's got he's got his arms folded, and we're we're asking him questions, and you know he's kind of moderate, but with it. But then you know we asked him like, what what's uh what's the last couple days been like since since you beat Duke? Because it's it's two days since. You know, and, and, you know, there has to be some talk going around. And there has been some talk going around about, you know, can Pitt be for real? Can this, you know, and Justin Champagne said after the game, Pitt is back. I mean, and that was, that was heck, that was the, the, the headline that I had at the top of the Pitt page um, for DKPittsburghSports.com. But uh, when when Johnson got into, you know, when we, we, you know, what's been going on, he said, you know, they had off Wednesday to give them a chance to rest because they did play two games in three days. Um, but, uh, or a game after three days after each other, but point being, you know, he said the practice on Thursday was, as he said, terrible. And here's, here's the direct quote. He said, yesterday we got some praise, but practice today was terrible. Uh, it was kind of expected, but I never expected anything like that. We weren't just, we just weren't playing like us. We weren't playing defense well, and we were letting our walk-ons fry us. They, they were getting to us. Coach let us know too. He ran us almost every time we got beat. Now, of course, that's uh, yeah. That say so. Obviously, now we know why he why he wasn't the, the most happiest person coming into the call. Why? But it's obvious right there that you know he's he's sensing the kind of like, look, I don't got too many more shots at this. We can't mess this up because remember when Johnson came here along with Audis. Two years ago, Pitt was struggling. They were they, they were trying to pick themselves out of, out of you know the abyss of, of college basketball that Kevin Stallings left the program, and this is the first time that they've been able to feel good about an ACC start to the season. Again, they're four and one in the conference. You know, there was a time where I, I don't think they got four win ACC wins in Kevin Stallings' tenure. And even if you go into last year, they finished the game on a six-game losing streak in the ACC. Only won six games in the ACC. They have a chance with less games this year by the end of next week to have more wins this year 
than they had in the ACC than they did all of last season. And for those who are thinking, well, what about the pandemic? The pandemic didn't hit until after the conference tournament where they lost in the second round. They played a full season last year. That wasn't an issue. So my thing was I needed to hear the players with a sense of urgency even while you're feeling good. There's an old saying in boxing that when a fighter, you know, he can, he can, a fighter may work hard. They may run every, you know, at, at five o'clock in the morning because they know that they got, they have, a, they have, they they have a vision in their mind of where they want to get to. They want to be the champion of the world. They want to be living good. They want to be making money. They want to be taking care of their family. But there's a saying that goes that it's hard to get up at five o'clock in the morning to run when you're sleeping in silk sheets. Now, mind you, I know these kids are athletes, not sitting, sit, sleeping in those silk sheets. But my point is, is that when any time you start feeling good about yourself as an athlete, there's always that that part of you or those other those people around you that might be like, hey, man, take a break. You know, let, let's let's ease off a little bit. Let's try to do these other things. And, and as childish and as uh, as Cobra Kai soapy, you know, show about, you know, about athletes and stuff as that may seem something you might see off a Disney channel. Uh, you know, when 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 talking about athletes when they're teenagers, that's something that's real, and not just for them, but for professional players. We've seen professional players. You know, the the Steelers recently signed Dwayne Haskins, going to strip clubs, and you know when he's supposed to be a quarterback playing for his team, and he's not wearing a mask, putting his whole team at risk. And he didn't even ha- he he wasn't even playing well. But with Pitt, you you just beat Duke on national television. You're feeling good about yourself. You got a winning record. You might think, yeah, you know what? I can stay up a little late. I can I can play some Call of Duty. I can, you know, do these other things. And then you come to practice and you didn't get a full night's rest. And you're a little sluggish. And you're making me- mental errors that you don't normally do. And then, again, how you practice determines how you play. And then you start getting smacked. And that's what Pitt has to avoid right now. And... I was I was I pressed this question after Johnson said this to Adi, it said that and I asked this to Audie's Tony because it makes sense for Champagny, for Johnson, for Tony, for Terrell Brown, for anybody who's been part of this team and played through those years where they were struggling. It makes sense for them to sense this urgency. It's like, oh guys, we gotta strike this right now. We ain't had it this good. And for all those players, you know. Johnson and Tony are juniors. Granted, everyone can get a year off this year. But Terrell Brown's a senior. Justin Champagne may go to the NBA soon. You don't know how many other how many chances you get a crack at a start like this, and or if this is one of your last chances to do that. And so in in looking at that, it sounds like X, when he's talking about this, it sounds like he gets it. He's like, mm, this was not a good practice, and you need to pick it up. And Audis Tony also uh, back, you know, you know, talked about that. Here's here's what Tony said. You know, when we asked him about the practice, he said uh, practice was rough. I don't know if it was guys that were tired or our minds and bodies weren't there, uh, but the coach, well, coach had to wake us up from that. He ran us a lot as a personal check. Uh, we snapped back out of it, and hopefully tomorrow we'll be better. But we have to improve our body language and our communication. And then when I asked him about. Um, about the freshmen and needing to pass on that message, uh, you know, of that pass on that sense of urgency. He says, we preach to them that anything could happen. 
You could have a, a complete momentum change when you're winning and then go on a losing streak. We keep telling them it's not a good feeling to have, and it's hard to bounce back from that. They, they, they see that every time we come to practice and we're yelling at them to pick it up and see and, and how serious it is for us. And they, and they see how serious, serious it is for us. Excuse me. Um, but that's, that's the mentality you got to have. Pitt's got a lot of young dudes. Remember, five freshmen that came in. John Hugley, you know, standing aside. We also don't have any updates on John Hugley. Pitt will not comment on it, so I can't I can't comment on it comment other other than, you know, the charges that have been, you know, levied against him. But um but when you think about I mean there's plenty of freshmen on freshmen on this team. You got William Jeffers, you got Noah Collier, Femi Odakale, and then you still got new faces, uh like Nike Sabande and Ithio Horton, who although he's technically a new face is the first time he's playing for Pitt. So you got a lot of guys like that seeing significant time. And you got to get the message across to them. Hey, like, buddy, wake up. <laughs> this ain't, this don't come around all the time. You know, for, for a Femi Udakali who's looking really good, he might be thinking like, yeah, you know what, we did this, we can keep doing this. But you but, it, but you need leaders to, to, to address that. And it sounds like they get it. It sounds like at least the leaders get it. But we'll see how this really works out because they're about to play Wake Forest. Now, going into tonight, Wake Forest is 0-5 in the conference. They're last place in the ACC. This should be a game where Pitt blows them out of the water. They came out really strong. They came out on fire against Duke. Well, not on fire. I'd say they came out really strong, not on fire. But they came out really strong against Duke and got an 8-0 lead to start the game and controlled it for pretty much the entire game. Can they start like that against a bad team? Because we've seen pit teams in the past, both in football and basketball, but also basketball, play a really good game against a really good opponent and then just drop a stupid game. And part of it, again, is just young players maybe feeling themselves. Xavier Johnson admitted that he had to stop feeling himself just from his his freshman season because he felt like he was ready to go to the NBA. And he had to learn the hard way. Nah, you ain't there yet, young buck. So keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that for this weekend. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. But also keep an eye on it for how the rest of the season goes. Because say they do beat Wake Forest, but you still got to play Florida State and all these other teams that are that are really good. There's still some serious checkpoints that Pitt has to get to. Right now they're they're getting some of the basics out of the way. They're they're beating the teams that you're supposed to beat if you're playing the way that you are. You had you know Justin Champagne's playing at an All ACC level. Um, he's playing, you know, Mike Krzyzewski said that, that that he could be the ACC player of the year. They're, they're, so when you got a player like that, you're, you, you know, you deserve to be in that conversation. But you also have to have to be able to beat those teams that they've beaten. And then what's going to determine if you're ready for the next step is just you start beating those teams at the top of the conference, like every, everyone's respecting, like Virginia, like Florida State. And that'll be the only way they start to get national attention. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to explain why it's the only way they're going to get, get national attention. Because the ACC ain't what it used to be, at least this year. What am I talking about? Find out after this. Like I was saying, 
the ACC normally is, you know, they're at the top of the, the, the basketball world. You know, Duke, North Carolina, Virginia. They got two te- two teams can be are, in, are competing to be a one seed. You know, they got a lot. They got multiple teams competing to be two and three seeds. You know, they're they're all over the top twenty five, but they really aren't this year. They really aren't. And if you look at the rankings right now, the highest ranked ACC team is Virginia at thirteen, and that's not good. Normally, you got at least one in the top ten. Most of the, uh, normally, actually, I'd say you got you got two, maybe three in the top ten. But no one's even in that conversation right now, and that's a big reason why Pitt still doesn't have or hasn't had a single vote to be ranked yet this season. Now, for those who does who don't know how this works, there's a whole bunch of voters out there in in the country. Um, you know that, that vote for the Associated Press and they they that contributes to the AP poll. Um, and that determines who gets ranked and how they get ranked each week when they do it. And there were some people who felt after sweeping Syracuse, maybe Pitt would at least get some votes. They didn't get a single one. Now, again, a lot of this also has to do with reputation, knowing what the program's about, you know, and expectations that, like, you know, I'm voting for this team, but they're going to flop next week. Yeah, they're Pitt. You know, they, they struggle. I'm not even looking at them until they prove to me otherwise. That's where Pitt's at right now. And if you listen to the Seth Davises of the world and the guys that, that talk nationally on college basketball, their biggest concern for Pitt when people ask about them is like, well, they're doing well right now, but they don't have a lot of teams that they can beat in their conference that are going to be like huge national statements that like, oh, you can beat the top teams in the country. And now you're probably thinking, well, they just beat Duke, Chris. Well, hold on a second. Duke is definitely on a down year. Now, Duke did get 43 votes to be ranked last week. If if Pitt beats Wake Forest on Saturday and beats them soundly, maybe they'll get a vote or two. But I still think people are playing them. But to compare them to all these other teams that are out there, the top two teams in the country right now are Baylor and Gonzaga. Indisputable, they're they're the number they're they're one and two. Um, they're playing like they're playing like it too. Um. And if you even just look at the guys that are being ranked as the top players in the country, none of them are in the ACC. Here's a list from uh, from NCAA.com of the the 10 uh, college basketball national player of the year candidates ranked as it is. Number 10 is Charles Bassey of of, of, uh, Western Kentucky. Uh, Number 9 is Cameron Thomas of LSU. Trace Jackson, uh, Trace Jackson Davis of Indiana, Marcus Carr of Minnesota, Jared Butler of Baylor, and I watched uh, Jared Butler the other night against Kansas, and man, was he good! He's on fire. Um, uh, Io Desonwu from Illinois, Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State, Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga, Corey Kispert from Gonzaga, and Luke Luca Garza from Iowa. All those names, not one of them in the ACC. Now, you probably, you probably think, well, why ain't Justin on that list? Well, again, these are guys that have been doing it in big games against the big opponents. Syracuse is big because of its name. Duke is big because of its name. But everyone's looking at Duke and, the, and those teams like, yeah, you're probably like, – like, I saw people Duke getting projected as an 11 seed in this upcoming tournament, which would be wild, right? When was the last time Duke was an 11 seed in any tournament? But that's – that's the issue that I have right there is Pitt fans, you got to understand 
this is a different kind of year for the ACC. And with that, Pitt's not going to get the quote-unquote respect that normally a beating of Duke and a sweeping of Syracuse would get and an 8-2 and record with a 4-1 and ACC record. Because normally that would perk up ears. Four, four wins in the ACC through five games, that's impressive. And, you know, and for... Uh, for one for one of those losses, you didn't have Justin Champagne. Okay, we 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 hear you. I mean Virginia Virginia Tech, or not Virginia Tech, Virginia. You know they're nine and two. They're they're one get they're one game better than Pitt right now. You know, but again Virginia has a hard reputation. They've played great defense year in and year out. And when you talk to the guys that usually do the voting for not just for rankings but also for our individual awards they usually look to those programs and say oh, i didn't get to watch a whole lot of games this year of such and such program i'm going to look for virginia and see who's their best their, their top steals guy or their top blocks guy and that's who's going to get the award but again you know you look at the i mean in the acc virginia five and oh virginia tech five and one florida state four and one now virginia florida state they have, they they have you know especially recent history, so they're gonna get they're gonna get the nod. They're gonna people are gonna pay attention to them, and people are also expecting them to keep going. People don't expect Pitt to keep going, and and you can't really blame them for it. Pitt's given all the reasons why not to trust them so far, right? But again, this is about defining the new era, and that's why I started off this show talking about. What the what the reactions of two key veterans? We you know I, I, again Pitt has a big three. It's Justin Champagne, Audis Tony, and Xavier Johnson. And two of your big three were talking like that after a rough practice and saying that they need to get it together. And to me, that's a good sign that they that they know that this is they they ain't at no mountaintop. They're not at a they're not at a at a peak where there's they can they can look over it and say we've arrived. Even though they said Pitt is back, and Pitt is back in the sense that it can compete in those games. Because if that's a Kevin Stallings team, if that's a freshman, if that's a first-year Jeff Capel team, probably even a second kid, that last year's Jeff Capel team, they're they're too young. They don't they need to figure out what it takes to win, what it takes to step up in big moments. And we saw in that Duke game several times Duke tried to push a run, and what did Pitt do? Hit a big shot, have a solid offensive possession, get a key stop from their big guys, big and. Uh, big in playmaking ability, not in just uh, f- physicality, because they don't have really big guys right now. But you know, Justin Champagne hits a big three. Uh, Xavier Johnson comes down, has a, has a really solid possession, kicks the ball to Tony, and he gets an, an open basket. In those final three possessions, it was all Xavier Johnson when the game was on the line. Xavier Johnson comes down, splits two defenders, goes up over a third, hits a key layup. Next, next, next possession. Pitt's only up two points and less than a minute to go. He drives down the same exact spot, same exact look. Duke goes to stop him. He kicks it to Audis Tony. He dunks it down. And then he hits two free throws to add on to it. And Pitt gets the and he, he gets Pitt's last six points of the game. And oh look, Pitt Pitt won by six. Those are the type of the moments that you got to see from Pitt consistently. When teams push back against you, do you push right back? And does your push help you keep your ground in those games? And it was it was, one thing was refreshing about Duke. It was good to see this team not have to start from behind, right? Because against Northwestern in the first Syracuse game, 
two big wins, they were come from behind wins. You can't always come from behind. I said that last week on this podcast. You can't always come from behind. And if you start, if you keep depending on coming from behind, eventually you ain't going to do it. And eventually you're going to start not doing it consistently. Like Audis Tony is, 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 is scared of that that might happen. And then when you get on one of those losing streaks, you don't know how to get out of it. That's the problem. That's what they have to avoid. And that's what's going to determine how this the rest of the season goes. That's what's going to determine the temperament of this team. Over these next few weeks, how do they treat their success? Do they keep pushing themselves? Do they keep figuring out new ways to improve? Limiting the turnovers? Improving offensive possessions? Improving defensively? You know, David Johnson was saying the defense stunk and they were letting the walk-ons score on them. If the walk-ons are scoring on them, you know that whoever's, whoever's coming for Wake Forest is going to score on you, even though Wake Forest stinks. They're the starters. There's a reason those guys are scholarship players. So, all that to say, if you're a Pitt fan wondering why Pitt's not getting respect, I'm explaining to you why. I watched Baylor versus Kansas earlier this week, and man, that was crazy. Baylor number two, Kansas number nine. It, and it was it was like the Duke game for Pitt in that Baylor had a lead and, and Kansas kept pushing against it, but the way Kansas would respond every time. They had that dude, Jared Butler, who I mentioned was one of the top 10 players in the, in the league, according to the article I read off the NCAA.com. He just kept hitting threes. Or they found another answer. Or the big man dominated in the paint. And it was just so, they were so consistent. When they needed big plays, they, they were consistent with it. They found, they knew who they had to go to in the moment, and that person delivered because they knew they had to, and they knew they could, and they knew they would. Pitts just now figuring out who those guys are in these moments. I mean, not that they didn't know that Justin Champagne could do that, you know, could do that when he needed to, but you're seeing it and doing it in the big game against the Blue Bloods on national television. That's when you start to understand the gravity of it. That's when you start to understand the power of it and what and, and all the things that come with it and the, how, how, how special it is when you do it and that it doesn't just happen overnight. It happens from from practicing well week after week, building that confidence, building the chemistry with your teammates. That's what this team has to do. I have confidence that they'll get there. Jeff Cable's done a heck of a job turning this, turning this program around already. But to get to where you want to see Pitt, they got to keep doing it. They got to come out strong against Wake Forest. Do not come out sluggish. If you do come out sluggish, still find a way to win. But realize that for the rest of this rest of the season, you ain't gonna get as many easy games. Because even though the ACC's down, there's still a lot of talent out there. Thanks for listening to the DKH2P podcast. Again, I'm your host Chris Carter. If you're enjoying this show, please let us know by giving us a five star review on the DK Podcast Network or the DK Sports Radio Network on Apple Podcasts. Doing show. It really helps us out. Five-star review with a positive comment helps us out even better. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Stay tuned for DK Sports Radio. Got a lot coming your way with the Penguins coming up. You know my man Dan Kovacevic is going to be talking a lot about what they're doing. They had some huge games against the Caps. They've got a lot of other huge games coming up. Do check that out. we got a lot of great coverage there, as well as great coverage on the website, DKPittsburghSports.com, on the Penguins season. You can read my work on the University of Pittsburgh. And, of course... With the Steelers making offseason moves, who's going to be offensive coordinator? What's up with Dwayne Haskins? All of that being covered by our own Dale Lolly. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week 
And don't forget, 82 people.